Welcome to Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. Your Real Money Talks host, Laurel Langmire, gets straight to the point about what it actually takes to make money and build lasting wealth in today's changing economic climate. If you're ready to get the financial results you've always dreamed of, keep listening. Real Money Talks is the right place for you. And now here's your host, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel, and we are back at Real Money Talks. Today, we're going to talk about how do you keep your money, and we're going to talk specifically about a conversation that I call due diligence. So again, how we learn these conversations are interestingly ridiculous, I'm going to call them. It's handed down. It's called inherited behavior, and unless you're really taught some of this conversation about money, and this one's really about the investing and keeping money conversation, you really won't know how to do it. So in one of my Millionaire Maker books, I did a sequence uh, series of three. It's called Wealth Cycle Investing, and it's in chapter six. So if you go to asklaurel.com forward slash podcast gifts, I give you gifts over there, and you can uh, go grab this chapter over there. And it's the risk and responsibility of due diligence. So due diligence, it's really the art of determining real risks um, it's another way of saying, you know, should you know, how do you research and should you invest in certain things given your inquiry and investigation process that you put in place? So many times, I mean, it's number one, this isn't taught unless you really are getting into uh, private equity investments, real estate investments, gas and oil investments. And we have very strategic ways that help you really learn due diligence, understand due diligence and your responsibility of it. So I made up this formula. It's called the five D's. It's data, discussion, discovery, diagnosis, and decision. So again, the goal of due diligence is to put yourself in a situation in which you know as much as possible and you've gained the knowledge about a particular investment to help mitigate your risk and identify your risk association to the asset that you're looking at. So in the data collection, there's a lot of different things. And again, that's why I want you to download the chapters you listen to this, because I'm going to be pointing you through the chapter at things I think are really critical. Before we go through these five, again, data, discussion, discovery, diagnosis, and decision, I want to just you know frame a few things around due diligence is where do you learn it? Again, I mentioned before, it's usually inherited. So where I'd guide you to learn it are the very people who are doing it. So get to know the real estate investors in your community. We have enormous real estate investors in our community at Live Out Loud. Love to have you join and be a part of it. We um, There's gas and oil and. Uh, people. There are business brokers in your town. There is, uh, you know, what I kind of what I call lower level, but supportive and helpful like SCORE. And uh, in Canada, it's called the BDC, the Business Development, uh, you know, Commission. There's a lot of places, um, your local chambers, more connectivity than it's due diligence. But you want to be out in the communities and, and, and with the people is my number one way to understand due diligence is get to the streets is what I say. Get to the streets to the very people that are doing exactly what you want to do. There's so many people in this investing conversation who read and you'll study online, but you actually don't go out and you see the investments. To me, that's the highest level of due diligence is, you know, you want to buy gas and oil. Well, we'll set up an appointment and you can fly into Texas and go see them. Um, you want to see what... Um, 
any of my businesses look like, I do what I call field trips. And you can go on field trips and I can show you why we bought the business, how we bought the business, what's the plan for the business, what's the turnaround of the business, how we staff the business, all of that. And you meet my partners. I mean, we do very unique and real things in our Real Money Talks at this podcast. So that's just some backdrop, just in what I call common sense of due diligence. And you really want to do some background checks on the people that are in the investment uh, that you're doing. So that's where we're going into the data collection. So that's kind of number one, is you want to look at the investment. Now, number one, they should provide you some good paperwork, not just idea paperwork, but like a PPM, a prospectus, some paperwork that says what the deal is. And I think sooner than later, as long as you stay in these conversations with us, you're going to realize that there's a lot of ideas, not deals. Again, there's a lot of ideas, not deals. So like, for example, if you look at Shark Tank and the deals that come by Shark Tank, I mean, it takes weeks, if not months, to get them prepared. A lot of those people come with an idea. Hey, I have this good widget. I have this thing. I have this process. I have this service. I have this product. But it's not really set to sell and it's not set to grow. So there's a lot of work that's done behind the scenes to get an idea postured on paper so someone can actually look at it and make a decision whether they want it or not. So the data collection is a big piece of that. And I'm just going to go through a list that I think is absolutely critical for data collection. So trade publications, local market papers, industry papers, industry sector magazines, financial newspapers, Wall Street you know, research reports, uh, business magazine, investment and finance textbooks. You can go that way. There's tons of online uh, information. What you're going to find is that there's a lot of conflict that we see in the information because some people know what they're doing and some don't. Hence, uh, be around a whole bunch of people who do. That alone is risk reduction by having many, many eyes on what you're doing. If you're doing this all by yourself, that alone is higher risk because you actually have no one to banter the ideas and, you know, come to phone calls and, you know, do some discovery and some explanation of what things are. So again, we have a lot of those calls available. If you go to asklaurel.com, we start them there and then those calls can get more advanced given what you are wanting to learn. So there are investment and finance, you know, there's websites, there's search engine, there's DVDs, there's CDs you can get, there's radio talk, news talk. Uh, what I find about, you know, Fox is very Democrat, um, Fox is very Republican and CNN is very uh, Democratic. There's big, big, big distinctions in their conversations around money and finance and obviously politics. Um, there's TV finance, there's like Bloomberg, there's CNBC, there's all sorts of, you know, financial channels. Um, there's lectures, there's mentors and coaches like myself that you can talk to, and the, the people who are really doing the deals in the street. So um, I really want you to really dig through the data of what is it that you're looking for. Other data, you know, things that you're going to be needing to look at are once you've identified an investment, I'll call, that you want to be looking at. Then you want a deeper dive of data. You want to look at their QuickBooks or their accounting files. You want to look at their customer records. Do they have a database? Um, you want to look at their sales systems, their marketing processes, their websites. Like, what do they really have that is the asset? And then where is it broke? So I love finding broken companies. A lot of times it's a cash flow problem. A lot of times it's a management problem. It's a marketing problem. It's a sales problem. It's different problems. So then in the discussion, you want to, again, build a community around you, join our communities, what we're here to really invite you to do, where you get to start learning the vocabulary of due diligence. You start seeing and understanding who the players are and what their roles on different teams could be. Um, you start you know, seeing the geography, the history, the cycles, the trends, qualitative and quantitative measures of 
of discovery. And so you're looking at things saying, how does this investment work, right? How does gas and oil work? How does real estate work? How does a mortgage bank work? How does a franchise work? What are the conversations? What do I need to be asking for, learning about, and setting myself up for extraordinary success in the discussion? Now, the challenge is if you can't have a discussion and you're only having the discussion with the person who's promoting and offering the investment... I think there's an inherent risk in that. So what the discussion does, it has you stay, you know, in the due diligence process and work through the human nature of it. You know, the people, the talk, you know, are they honest? Do they have integrity? Um, are they all one direction? Is the investment one direction? Or is it more what I call 360, where you can say, I can sit in every seat from the person offering the deal to the person bringing money to the person that's going to execute the project. Can we all sit and say, this is a fair opportunity for everybody. Um, you know, you want to ask questions like, you know, how did you get started in this investment? Is uh, What's the best deal you've ever done? What's the worst mistake you've ever made? Um, you want to look for, you know, what else have they invested in? How much of their money's in? So I have lists and lists of questions that, um, that will help you lead a discussion of this investment. And one of the biggest money rules and due diligence rules that I always say is I don't believe you're ready until you can have this conversation. See, the difference with real money talks and the way that I teach and really understand money to you know, transfer it to you is that if you can't talk about it, you don't know enough about it to do anything about it. So there's a lot of times you'll listen to a lecture, you'll listen to an online course, or you'll even listen to me and you'll be shaking your head agreeing that that's a really good idea or that's something I should think about. And the truth is inside of that, if you can't regurgitate it and say, this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm doing it, kind of in a normal, what I call across the kitchen table conversation, I don't know that you're ready to do it. I think the immersion of you into this conversation versus what I call the abdication of responsibility. See, if you don't learn this alternative investing and you don't start taking control, you're really abdicating all your responsibility to some stock market, some broker, hoping to God they can figure out what bonds or mutual funds or stocks to put you in. You know nothing about them. You've done no homework. You're hoping they have enough clues. They've only had to take, you know, maybe a week or two week course to get that license. They don't really know anything about the business or the people running it. Like, do you really know who's running Microsoft right now? Do you really know the people that are at the management keyboard level of Starbucks or whatever ever publicly traded company that you're invested in? I'm all off Wall Street investor. I think investing in the stock market is a very, very risky place to be. And um, it's just a scary place. So let's get into this conversation. Lean in and learn. If it feels risky, it's because you don't know. So lean in further, continue conversations and continue asking questions. You can always go again to asklaurel.com, ask questions, ask for a private conversation and a consult, and we'll help you along your journey. Discovery. Discovery is a little deeper. So you've now you've gathered the data, you've had the discussion. Now you're going deeper into the discovery of the marketing and sales strategies, the operation, the actual industry is the problem. You know, I always look at a at an investment. I say, is the problem like big enough? Like, is it because it needs to be a big problem that needs a lot of money to solve and a lot of people to solve it? So, is the opportunity and the problem big enough? Is the industry big enough? Right? What are the competitors doing? What are the players doing? This is where you're going to really dig in. You say, well, I don't know how to do this. Then you're going to ch come join our calls and we're going to be continuing to teach. Where are your supply and demand channels? Where are the vendors? I would say discovery of all of the things we've just talked about 
is the longer piece for you to sit in and learn about because there's so many, you know, different pieces of this, the organization, the management, um, you know, how is this problem being solved right now? So it's really digging in. And for those of you who are not as analytic, you're going to want to find some teammates that are more analytic that can do a lot of good due diligence and can dig deeper. Uh, a lot of people on our team have pretty deep access to background checks and pretty thorough checks about who the players are and do they, you know, what do their own bank accounts look like? What do their own, you know, world look like? That's what bothers me. If you don't learn this, like, do you know what your stockbrokers invested in? Do you know how big this checkbook is? I mean, do you know how much money he's ever really managed? I mean, how would you even do due diligence on that? And if you don't learn it, you're abdicating. I call it park and pray. You're parking your money uh, with somebody and praying it's going to work. Yeah, um, you need to know the legal and environmental ramifications of each of these deals. How are you going to get out of it? How's the money going to be raised? How's it going to be used? And how are you going to get your money back? And one of the biggest red flags in discovery is if the management team has never raised capital, never worked with investors and done much with investors, I would run. I would run, run, run. Or... Be further into the project if you like it and bring some teammates to the party. I'm brought to a lot of businesses because of my experience, my ability and access to being able to go through this. So really knowing your markets, know the competition. Discovery takes the longest period of this five-step model and really understanding that. Now, the diagnosis and the decision, that actually is a little shorter. So the diagnosis really then goes against your money rules. So in uh, the upcoming podcast, I will be doing a very specific section on how do you identify your money rules. And again, discussion is a huge piece of this, understanding what are other people's money rules? Why do they have those rules? How can those rules apply to you or adjust around you? So diagnosis is now that I've got the data, I've had a discussion, I've done my discovery, does it match up to what I say my money rules is as a diagnosis? And again, that's where we're here to help coach you and mentor you and give some just different perspectives of whether we would do a deal or not. And then my favorite discussion and discovery and diagnosis is if the answer is no, for you to get better at this, what would, ha what would have to change in the deal for you to get to a yes? So I'm going to say that again. What would have to change in the deal for you to say yes, which means you really need to understand, is it a marketing problem? If it's a management problem, I'd like to see somebody who actually has investor relations on the team. I'd like to see the money put into a more transparent bank account. I'd like to see the product you know, be ordered in different tranches so we're not you know, carrying such a big inventory load. Like, What is it about the deal? Is it about how they're spending the money, how you're going to get the money back, who gets paid first? Is it about the taxation of the deal? All of this is about the diagnosis of does it match the rules that you're stating for your life and your investment uh, you know, opportunities, or is it just a good idea because friends are doing it? And I really want to caution you, there are so many people who invest because their friends are doing it or because I, you know, uh, you, know you trust somebody. Like I always say, following me is not a money rule. I'm not licensed. I won't tell you what to do. I'll tell you what I do. I'll tell you what's worked, you know, for other people, but you have to make your own decision. So through money rules and due diligence, which really go hand in hand, you start getting good at looking at deals, really being that shark. All right. This is that conversation of how do you be a shark? How do you look at a deal? How do you make an idea a deal? How do you make a no to a deal, a yes to a deal? You get to this kind of level of conversation with us. You're going to be doing some awesome, awesome, awesome investing and getting some great returns. Now, the decision is a yes or no. 
And uh, if it's a no, it could be a not now or until these things change. So no, there's a lot of opportunity. Um, the one thing I would caution you about around a decision is when people say, you know, the deal's going to be gone. It might be, but you know what? There's always another one coming. So really be careful with yourself and your financial uh, positioning that there will always be deals. There'll be good deals. There'll be bad deals. There'll be interesting deals, but there'll always be deals. And I can promise you in this lifetime, all of you, all of you have the opportunity to buy the, like the community that's around you, the laundromat, the dry cleaners. You could buy a restaurant. You could buy whatever you want to buy. Be a part of the contribution of your community, not just the consuming of a community. So there's some uh, points for due diligence on data, on discussion, on discovery, on diagnosis, on decision. Take it to heart. Read the rest of the book. We will be uh, uh, linking this to Money Rules as we continue our conversation at Real Money Talks. Again, if you have any questions or conversations, please uh, just go to AskLowell.com. Pop in your name, phone number, and email and ask any questions. Say I'd like a conversation with somebody in tax or just Laurel or however you want to do it. We're here. We're available. My team is set up to totally engage with you through our Real Money Talks podcast. Have an amazing day. I'll be back soon. Thank you for joining Laurel for this segment of Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. To continue this new conversation and to find free resources to support your wealth creation, visit asklaurel.com forward slash podcast gifts. That's A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L dot com forward slash podcast gifts. Thanks for listening and join us again soon. New episodes are released every week.